Now, we haven't got very much time, and I'm not going to certainly steal time away from one of the greatest cards we have here, uh, drawing cards. <laughs> so I will say that it's a tribute to our next speaker that we have this hall packed now, as it has not been packed before. And I will say that he has exactly one half hour, and Tom Anderson, I'm going to give you a packed hall and a half hour. <laughs> Thank you. It is 4.30 in Boston and time for another tea party. <laughs> I would like to talk for a few minutes with the young people here today. A friend of mine named Paul received a new automobile from his brother as a pre-Christmas present. On Christmas Eve, when Paul came out of his office, a street urchin was walking around the shiny new car, admiring it. Is this your car, mister? He asked. Paul nodded. My brother gave it to me for Christmas. The boy looked astonished. You mean your brother gave it to you and it didn't cost you a cent? Gosh, I wish. He hesitated and Paul knew what he was going to wish. He's going to wish he had a brother like that. But what the lad said jarred Paul all the way down to his heels. I wish, the boy went on, that I could be a brother like that. Paul looked at the boy in astonishment. Then impulsively he added, would you like to ride in my automobile? Oh yes, I'd love that. After a short ride, the boy turned and his eyes aglow said, Mister, would you mind driving in front of my house? Paul smiled a little. He thought he knew what the boy wanted. He wanted to show his neighbors that he could ride in a shiny new car. But Paul was wrong again. Would you stop right in front of those steps? The boy asked, and he ran up the steps. Then in a little while, Paul heard him coming back but he was not coming fast. He was carrying his little polio crippled brother. He set him down on the bottom step. Then he squeezed up against him and pointed to the car. There she is, buddy, just like I told you. His brother gave it to him for Christmas and it didn't cost him a cent. Someday I'm gonna give you one just like it. Then you can see for yourself all the pretty things and the Christmas wonders that I've been trying to tell you about. Paul got out and lifted the little boy in the front seat of his car and the shining-eyed older, shining older brother climbed in beside him and the three of them began a very memorable automobile ride. And that Christmas, Paul learned what Jesus meant when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. An age-old maxim which will never be outdated is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But the golden rule should not be misconstrued to mean forced equality, share the wealth. If you are a person of goodwill and honesty, you don't want to be helped unless you are willing to help yourself. Christ was not a socialist. Christ believed in the profit motive. 
He recognized that three men had different talents and abilities in varying degrees. Some gained more talents with what they had, and those were rewarded with even more talents. However, Christ took away the talent of the man who did nothing and gave it to the man who had ten talents. He congratulated those who profited. Judge and be willing to be judged, not on great qualities born within, but the use made of them. No person has everything, and discipline without talent can accomplish more than talent without discipline. Discipline itself is a great talent. Every person wants to be popular. Ranking next to the desire to live and the sex urge is the desire to be appreciated. But appreciated for what? For lacking the morality to buck the crowd when the crowd is headed toward the precipice? For lacking the courage to stand for what is right against the mob? Pontius Pilate, to be popular, let the mob kill their best friend. Columbus defied his crew and refused to turn back but he discovered a new world. His sailors discovered that they were cowards. Robert E. Lee refused command of the Union Army to do his duty as he saw it to the people of Virginia, although he knew from the beginning it was a lost cause. Moses took the hard road and died in the wilderness, but God gave him a mountaintop to die on, and he will remain there forever. Henry Clay said he'd rather be right than president. What can be wrong with being right? Those of us who are called rightists can be proud. We are not wrongists, as are the collectivists. Remember today's mighty oak is just yesterday's little nut which stood its ground. <laughs> Confucius said, to know what is right and not to do it is the worst of cowardice. It is morally, if it is morally wrong, it cannot be politically right. Truth outranks togetherness. Throughout history, the majority has more often been wrong than right. The majority of the House of Burgesses ridiculed Patrick Henry when he asked, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased? price of chains and slavery. One with God is a majority. The mob is a slob. Be a sovereign individual, not just a member of the mob. The great things of the world were accomplished by relatively few individuals, not by the mass. The morning after Charles Lindbergh flew the Atlantic nonstop from New York to Paris, an associate of Charles Kettering rushed into the expert's laboratory in Dayton, Ohio, shouting he made it. Lindbergh landed safely in Paris. He did it all by himself. Kettering looked up from his work momentarily and remarked quietly, when he flies it with a committee, let me know. <laughs> the great accomplishments of history have been wrought by individuals Learn to sing solo. Anybody can sing when everybody is singing. Society advances mainly through those who are unafraid to be different. The strongest man on earth is the man who stands most alone. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be square. 
be the chicken with the guts to say no to the crowd when the crowd is wrong. In this day of decaying morals, more and more pilots, politicians, publishers, businessmen, beatniks, and editors seem to be taking the easy way out. In the end, somehow and somewhere, they'll pay the price. Like an easy woman, someday they'll find that the easiest are soonest left unloved. Someday they'll learn that you can't lie with the hounds without getting up with fleas. Someday it'll burst upon their consciousness, if not their conscience, that the people who lack the morality to stand on their feet and say no will someday have to say yes on their knees. The graveyards of history prove that nation gets, nations get what they deserve. We are facing possible insolvency, socialism, surrender, and slavery because we sold out our principles. We lost too much morality. As Will Rogers said, what this country needs is more dirty fingernails and clean minds. <laughs> Our youth today need the right kind of hero, someone really great to look up to. To be truly great, one must be truly good. Robert E. Lee was as near perfect a hero as mortal man can be. Don't ever let anybody including the National Council of Churches or your modernist preacher, sell you on the idea that chastity is out of date. He said, little boy replied, Daddy, you didn't look in one direction. Frightened lest his son had spotted an unseen observer, the daddy whispered, where, where? His son answered simply, Daddy, you didn't look up. Character is what we do when nobody but God is looking. The older we get, the more we realize that the things which really count in life are effort, service, and character. Each of us, rich and poor, educated and uneducated, capable and incapable, has a sacred obligation on this earth to do the best we can to make the world we live with, the land we live on, the land we live in, a better place because we were here. Recently, a woman told me that my daughter had more character than almost any person her age that she knew. This brought a tear to my eye. This I had rather have heard than that she was the most brilliant, the best dancer, singer, writer, painter, or anything else. This is the supreme compliment. Character is the only thing we earn on earth which we cannot take with us when we die. Reputation is what you're supposed to be. Character is what you are. Reputation is what your obituary says. Character is what your angels say. When you cash in your chips for this life, which could be today or when you're old and gray, the only thing of value which you can take with you is your character. Character knows no color, no creed, no nationality. It is a victory which anyone has an opportunity to earn. We are only here on a short visit. What are you going to do with the time? For 20 years, our government has sponsored communism 
For 20 years, our foreign aid has been the lifeblood of communism, has redistributed our wealth, eaten up our gold reserves, provided free see-the-world vacations for congressmen, consensus crats, their families, and girlfriends. Some of our super patriots scream that aiding the enemy is treason. Perhaps our super patriots are the ones guilty of treason. Depends on who finally prevails. For if it prosper, none dare call it treason. Our Constitution says that, quote, no money shall be drawn from the Treasury but in consequence of appropriations made by law, close quote. Yet we never bother our people by asking them to vote on foreign aid bills. Congress just appropriates blank checks to our foreign aid administrators. A recent Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Arizona, the late great Marvin T. Phelps said, quote, I find not a word, a line, a clause, or a promise in the federal constitution that authorizes the foreign aid program, close quote. We may either have to finish doing away with the Constitution or with these extremists who are continually trying to uphold it. Or maybe our people someday will rebel and have another Boston Tea Party. Or maybe a tax in. <laughs> Suppose the American people should suddenly decline to quit sending these billions to Washington and to the enemy. They don't have enough jails. They might have to resort to firing squads, and such is not desirable at this point. Not until they've registered and collected all citizens' firearms and build more mental hospitals to take care of misguided patriots. Some of our super patriots even claim that war is not unthinkable, but slavery is. I haven't read the papers today, but day before yesterday, there were 125 so-called recognized governments in the world, and we were giving to only 99 of them. <laughs> what we have given to them, plus the interest we've had to pay on the money, now totals $136 billion and is 39% of our bonded federal debt. We simply must save some money and things for the moon. It may be a terribly disadvantaged area. <laughs> we have arranged for Russia to get there first with a man, but we are determined to get there first with foreign aid. <laughs> we now have 71,416 government employees, 22 federal agencies, and 19,000 overseas paymasters dispending some type of foreign aid to 99 countries and nine territories at an annual cost of $7 billion. More money and more people than we spend on our entire farm program. Our collectivists now outvote our farmers. We provide the equipment and the know-how to build such things as textile mills in Russia so we won't be bothered with having to grow and weave so much cotton. At least one American cargo ship, renamed the Koconic, which we lend leased to Russia in 1943, is now home-based at Havana. So at least she's only 90 miles away. Small world. We sent 2,200 dress suits to undertakers in Greece. They'll be the last ones to let us down, no doubt. <laughs> we, 
We have provided millions for the sheik of Kuwait for his palace pool and harem. He provides his own girls. <laughs> we give wheat and metrical, bubble gum and false teeth, birth control equipment and sex rejuvenators. Take your choice. <laughs> From each according to his abilities to each according to his needs. <laughs> Our best friend, Great Britain, used to rule the waves. She now rules, waves the rules and the expenses. Great Britain has received only $9 billion from us, and she's so grateful she sells buses and things to our neighbor and friend, Dr. Castro. Britain has cut our armed forces in half to provide tax cuts and expansion for our welfare state socialism by postponing payments on our debt to us again and again. Britain, once free enterprising, is now freeloading. In 1964, some 200 ships flying free world flags carried supplies into North Vietnam. 40% of those ships were British. Britain is like an old prostitute. She'll do business with anybody who'll pay the price, cash. <laughs> Other nations selling to our North Vietnamese enemy, where we fight alone, are Japan, Greece, Norway, Lebanon, Italy, West Germany, and Panama. I do hope that American mothers who lose their sons in Vietnam may get some solace from the thought that our friends helped kill them. We've given the above friends $30 billion. And if they spit on us as they accept our gifts, as Nancy Sukarno, Tito, and others have done, we must remember to live up to our friend Khrushchev's inspiring tribute when you spit on the Americans they think it is due. We've given over two and a half billion to help Tito succeed in Yugoslavia. When Tito was young, he had a fine record as a bank robber in Cordoba, but then he evidently fell in with the wrong gang and turned communist. He shot down our enemy planes and killed our shot on our planes and killed our flyers when the war is over and we repaid him for this by training some of his flyers at our Perry and Air Force Base in Texas. He's one of the many bloody buddies of our own Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren. They play together at Tito's Black Sea Resort. Families that play together stay together. <laughs> The House voted to cut down our gifts to Egypt's NASA, who thumbed his nose at us with both his hands, and then the House restored the cut, and NASA takes our aid with one hand and thumbs his nose with the other. So we're making progress. <laughs> we should stamp United States of America on every product given to anybody. Of course, most of our foreign aid is to foreign governments, not to their private enterprise, nor to the people. Thus, we underwrite state socialism and help the enemy succeed. And now one-worlders plan to feed the people of Red China. Feeding the Red Chinese is as logical as feeding a buzzard to pick out your own eyes. Through the United Nations back door, United States tax taxpayers pay for Russian jeeps for Castro. Congressman Lipscomb of California reported that 32 Russian-made jeeps were given to Cuba for, quote, malaria eradication by the World Health Organization in connection with the Pan American Health Organization. And U.S. taxpayers paid one-third of the cost. 
The only thing we should give through the United Nations is our resignation. United Nations is an overrated sacred cow which can neither prevent nor win wars. World Brotherhood through the United Nations is an unrealistic remote utopia requiring the impossible unification of atheism with religion, morality with immorality, freedom with slavery, and abundance with poverty. Free nations cannot unite with police state nations. Free armies cannot integrate with unfree. Free people cannot unite with slaves. Parliamentary palaver cannot produce peace. World peace cannot be bought by surrendering sovereignty to any kind of world government. We need a foreign policy based on American strength instead of United Nations weakness. Putting our faith and fortune, life and liberty into the hands of the United Nations today would be like a cow entering a cage of hungry lions to vote on what they're going to have for dinner tonight. <laughs> Our conservatives sometimes ask, if Russia has accomplished so much by giving away so little, why have we accomplished so little by giving away so much? Take a given country like France. France has received $10 billion from us in foreign aid and is therefore now almost completely pro-communist. Not just pro-good communists as we are, but pro-bad communists too. France has recognized Red China and reportedly will share atomic secrets with us. De Gaulle has now gone communist, whether or not he carries a card in his pocket or not. If I had more time, I could accurately assess the, assess the foreign aid program, but it's sort of like trying to hug a cloud or determine the connection, if any, between the National Council of Churches and Jesus Christ, nail an apple pie to the wall, or to predict who Lyndon is going to have his arm around tomorrow. <laughs> At what point will the American people change their attitude toward the communists and socialists within and without? After our collectivists have collected our guns, after they have amended the McCarran-Walter Immigration Bill to allow immigrants to swarm in without regard to race, creed, or national origin, or whether or not they are communists prepared for the takeover? Do we start asserting our rights in the world after we are disarmed? To the socialists, only those acts are moral which advance materialistic goals. To the socialist mind, materialism is everything. Thus, to the leftists, it is immoral not to share your wealth. Our forefathers fought the Revolutionary War in order to escape taxation without representation. Taxation without representation was not nearly as bad as taxation with the representation we now have. <laughs> President Johnson has been called the most frugal spendthrift in the history of the presidency. His inconsistencies are as colossal as his ego. He said recently, we cannot suspend the armed forces draft now because it would cost too much money. Reminds me of the treasurer of the Woman's Club who got up and reported, I'm happy to state that through prudent management, 
We ended the year with a deficit of $114.23. And a little lady in tennis shoes jumped up and said, I move to donate it to the Salvation Army. <laughs> we haters are accused of intolerance. One of the greatest national weaknesses and sins is an excess of tolerance. Let us not mistake ignorance or cowardice for tolerance. One is not capable of tolerance unless one has a conviction. A person unable to arrive at convictions is a person morally immature. Like the bachelor long ago who had just come from a friend's wedding and asked Socrates, Sir, is it better to marry or not? And the sage replies, Whichever you do, you will repent it. <laughs> On January the 26th, Look Magazine blurb, quote, the radical right's totalitarian me methods in the campaign and since seriously threaten American freedom, reports Senator Church. The radical right is not so much the enemy of communism as it is the enemy of freedom. It opposes the only programs that fight the real communist threat, which festers on the miseries of the people in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, and focuses instead on a straw man specter at home. The resulting fear undermines public confidence in the very institutions of popular government in the men of Congress, the Supreme Court, and the presidency itself, says Look Magazine. I plead guilty to being the enemy of programs which are surrendering us to history's most diabolical anti-God conspiracy. I have no confidence in Lyndon Johnson, Humphrey Dumpty, and their rubber stamp Congress, the Supreme Court, and most of all in Look Magazine. I wouldn't even believe the page number on Look Magazine unless I counted them one by one. I guess my time's up. Recently in New York, a screaming young woman was raped in a building on a busy street. A policeman testified in court 40 people could have helped that girl, but none did. Two nine-year-old boys were drowned in an inlet in Jersey City as one man tried to rescue them while 30 others stood idly by. 1,000 watched in Chattanooga as a teenage mob savagely attacked two men who merely asked some teenagers to get off the roof of their car so they could go home from the lake. A young woman was returning from work in New York. She was attacked by a mad killer with a knife who hacked on her for 30 minutes while 38 people were watching from the windows, just like they were watching a movie on the boob tube. He even left her for 20 minutes and came back and finished the job. Not one single person had the morality or the courage to come outside and help. Incredibly, not one person even had the courage and morality to go to the telephone and call the police. They told the police later we didn't want to get involved. May God have mercy on their uninvolved souls. What has happened to the soul of America? These things are happening every week or so throughout this land. We will either get involved or we will get enslaved. The best way I know to get involved is to join the John Birch Society. <laughs>
God alone can save the world, but God won't save the world alone. God helps those who help themselves. Thank God for Robert Welch and the John Birch Society.